Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for listening. This is The Doggy Pod, and I'm Dr. Rob Zammett. Yes, Dr. Rob Zammett, thank you for joining me. I'm your producer. You remember me, Stephen I do. Peters? <laughs> and as always, we've got some really interesting doggy things to go through this week. Yeah, I'm going to talk about prosthetics in dogs. I mean, some of these will blow your mind when I tell you some of the things that are happening with prosthetics, prosthetics in canines. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, also, we've got another little short training session. Very short. Uh, we, we were inundated with uh, emails and, and uh, all sorts of interesting comments about our episode from a week or so ago uh, where Dr. Rob taught us the four the four basics that we all need to know. But we've got an, a, one more, one extra one we're going to add on this week, which is how to teach your dog to lie down on command. Mm. Also, I'm going to talk about Massage, doggy massage, of course, and tips. You know, do you love a massage? Tell me. Best thing ever is a massage. <laughs> anyway, um, what's been happening at the clinic this week, Rob? Oh, I had a weird one. You've always had weird. Every week you have weird oh, no, ones. This is really weird, Stephen. This is weird. <laughs> I'm telling you. This puppy came in. It was about six months old. German Shepherd. You know, big ears that German Shepherd pups have. Mm. Um, and Annie wouldn't stop. You know, circling and scratching at this ear and circling and the owner said started this morning and I can't stop him and I thought gosh what's going on and tried to have a look down his ear he would not let us we had to knock this dog out to look down his ear when they finally what, he was just jumping around and going crazy yeah just if you go near the ear it was hurting him something was wrong yeah. so I tranquilized him then give him a full anesthetic put him on the anesthetic machine so we could look down the ears, and I saw this tiny little leg of something. Mm. I thought, what the hell? And we had to put these special forceps down called alligator forceps. took a little while and grabbed this thing and just gently start pulling it out. It was oh. dead. Would you believe it? By Jiminy, yes, it was. A cricket. <laughs> 
All right. A cricket had gone into his ear. A little black oh. cricket had gone down into this puppy's ear and just burying its way down. Was it still alive? No, oh. it, it had passed on. This particular... No crickets were harmed in the course of this surgery. <laughs> it was done. I didn't harm them. <laughs> but, yeah, we got it out. And uh, I've never thought about that, you know, what bugs go. It's amazing more bugs don't go into our ears because they're so open. But a, a puppy German Shepherd has yeah. such big ears little wonder that you know, we do see grass seeds in there sometimes. We see during rain periods, you see lots of mud getting into ears of dogs. You mm. know, they come out with filthy ears. And so it made me think about you know, telling people, A, about this story that we got this cricket out. And then when you see lots of mud in that down there, you, please don't just leave it there. Give them a clean out. But when you clean a dog's ears, use a good commercial cleaner don't go making things up that you see on the internet. When you please. say commercial cleaner, I know you've talked about this before, you know, not using yeah. cotton buds and whatever. No, use cotton wool, not cotton buds. Yeah, exactly. Use a commercial cleaner that you buy from the pet shop or, or the veterinarian. One specifically for ears. Ear cleaning. Ear yeah. cleaning solutions for dogs. Um, one person holds the dog, the other person floods the ear canal and then goes right down to where the canal is underneath the actual opening and massage there and you massage and you massage and you massage for a good two to three minutes then cotton wool in cotton wool out do not rub the cotton wool around because that was the, the other thing the person was trying to clean the ear and it was all red not because the dog was scratching it he said oh i got some baby wipes and kept trying to clean it and really <laughs> rub it out all you're doing is irritating an, a very important canal in the body now, don't go wiping and wiping and wiping because you're just abrading, abrading, abrading. Like sandpaper in there, don't do it. Just massage a lot of ear cleaner in there, then put the cotton wool in, pull it out. Put some more cotton wool in, pull it out. Just loose cotton wool, feed it in gently but firmly all the way down and pull it out. Everything comes out with it that way. Do it two or three times if you have to until the cotton wool comes out clean and you've done the right job. Maybe they... Uh Killed the cricket by using baby wipes. <laughs> could have been, died of baby I, wipes. Look, the worry was I could have been forcing in further with, with well, yeah, when, you, when yeah. you're doing that and rupture the eardrum. Uh, the dog could hear afterwards, but I don't know if it was from that ear or not. The other ear was still good. Mm. Uh, so we don't know. I couldn't quite see after we'd finished doing it and cleaning it. Wasn't certain that the eardrum was intact, but hopefully it will heal across. He's on antibiotics, on some anti-inflammatories. No eardrops for this dog because I'm worried whether the integrity of the of the eardrum has been compromised. So we won't put oh, ear, eardrops oh. in there. We'll just wait and see and recheck him next week. What was his name? Do you remember? <clears throat> well, it wasn't Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> no, his name was Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. A very common name for dogs. It is, especially German Shepherds. You see a lot of Caesars, don't you? True. Now, a lot of people may not know, but Dr. Rob actually, you know, as well as just his day-to-day work, he does a lot of, you know, sort of more high-end stuff, including some... Um, very intense stem cell research with dogs and all sorts of stuff. But um, my question to you, Rob, mm-hmm. doggy prosthetics, have you ever had to, I mean, is there such a thing? <laughs> yes, there is now, you even more and it? more. has been for many years because what is a prosthetic? It's an artificial body part. Mm. Now, if, if you look at that definition, anything that is 
artificial and helps function of the dog uh, is certainly a prosthetic. And many moons ago, I did help, and I've put uh, one in myself since on my own uh, with putting a pacemaker in a dog. People don't think of that as a prosthetic, but see, pacemaker, yeah, cool. the your heart has to beat at a you know, regular type of beat. When it starts beating too fast, you've got four chambers of the heart. So the two bottom ones are called ventricles. The two top ones are called atriums. And if the, if the top ones start to you know, fibrillate, in other words, twitch a lot, like any muscle can twitch, that's called atrial fib- fibrillation, and it can cause severe problems to your health and you know, it can lead to stroke and all sorts of other things. So when you see atrial fibrillation, we try and, and fix that with drugs. doesn't always work. That's certainly one of the ways that you can do it. But when drugs don't work and nothing else is working, then you might want to put in a pacemaker. And we did this years ago with a really good veterinarian, I'll never forget his name, Dr. Robert Ferno. He was just fabulous. We put a pacemaker in. That was the first time I'd seen one put in. So what is a pacemaker? Now they're very tiny little uh, electronic battery-type things which you put in under the skin, but you have two leads that go into the heart muscle and that regulates the heartbeat again. It stops all that fibrillation and gets a regular heartbeat. You see, the sinus atrial node, it's a special part inside the heart, a little node, that's supposed to regulate heartbeat. But if that goes haywire, then you've got to do it some other way, either drugs or a pacemaker in the dog. And you can then check the pacemaker these days externally, lots of computerized uh, pacemakers, and you, you can check to make sure they're functioning properly. It means regular visits to the vet, but it certainly means a long life for your dog. But I'm guessing it has to be a reasonable-sized dog. Oh, yeah. Well, fortunately, in, in both cases I had to do it in, it was a big dog. The yeah. first one that I did with Bob Ferno was a, a Doberman. And uh, more recently when I did it, oh, probably a few years ago now, but it was again a big dog it was across newfoundland that had atrial fibrillation and it went on for another three years after we did that so it went very very well for for that dog but then there's lots of other ones of course the ones that you're thinking about initially yeah like a leg or something or, or hips yeah prosthetic hips so that exists oh yeah prosthetic hips some really good work being done all around the world now with prosthetic hips for dogs that have bad hip dysplasia or a fractured hip but you've got to get them early you can't sort of wait and just wait for the arthritis to build up and destroy everything because it makes it harder to fix the hip sometimes and, and harder to fit in a socket and a ball you can have lower limbs that are uh, being cut off because of why do limbs get cut off well cancer is one reason or a catastrophic injury if it's cancer we amputate and then we have to wait and see. And it depends on where it's amputated and how much is amputated, whether you can put a prosthetic limb on or not. And yeah, they work very, very well in dogs. There's an initial two-week period of the dog getting used to it, but dogs don't have that social stigma. They don't care. Yeah, put it on. I can walk with it and <laughs> off they go. They don't mind at all. It has to be a big commitment from the owner because they, these sort of prosthesis yeah, have yeah. to be checked daily. 
You but have also to, the expense, I would have oh, thought. Oh, very well. expensive. There's, there's the expense commitment and there's also the ongoing commitment. Monitor the activity of the dog. You don't want excess exercise. It has to be clean all the time and make sure it's in working order, the prosthetic limb, and regular health checks to the vet to make sure everything is going fine. So it's not just a matter of stick a limb off, off you go. People sort of think, oh, it's all over. No, there's lots of work. I'll tell you what, on the Instagram page, I will put uh, a, a picture this week of a prosthetic limb, uh, that how, how it works. I won't put the dog on. It'll actually see, you'll see a bone and you'll see the prosthesis that can be attached to the bone. But yes, there's, there's lots of good works uh, being happening like this right around uh, every country that I know where prosthetic limbs are assisting dogs. Prosthetic joints are also assisting dogs. Well, I mean, just a, a ballpark figure. What would a prosthetic hip cost? About $10,000. Yeah, around that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Too bad, I yeah. guess. But you do and see a lot of three-legged dogs, don't you? You do. You do. And they, they don't care about that because, of course, dogs, again, after if, if you do take a limb off... Uh, they learn to balance, then they run with a the pack. They think they're like everybody else. There's mm. no stigma to them. They just keep going. And, yeah, a very not cheap thing to do, of course, put a prosthesis on. And this is where you might want to look at, A, uh, insurance for, for dogs. You'd have to get it as a puppy. Start off with, with pet insurance for your pup, for your dog and make sure that the insurance company that you go with does cover prosthesis. Mm. I'll tell you one funny pro, um, prosthesis that, uh, has occurred for me at times. People that want their dogs desexed take them you know, males desexed, but they don't like the look of not having two testicles in a scrotum. So they have, <laughs> yes, you guessed it, prosthetic testicles put no. in their scrotum. Yeah, it's been done. So they look like they're a bit of a stud. Yeah, they're but not. they're really desexed. Oh, that's silly. Sorry, <laughs> well, that's say that. Well, there may be some people listening. Again, who... it's not stigma for the dog. He doesn't care if he's got oh, no... Uh, oh, that sounds like... Yeah, yes, but anyway. people, people, some people get very worried about it. And you know what? It's nearly always men that get worried yeah, about it. Yeah, I'm not surprised whatsoever. Anyway, hmm, okay. There you go. All right, we had a great response from our episode a little while ago where Rob gave the the top four um, commands uh, that your dog should know, like heal and, and whatever. But one of the ones we didn't do, which I really want to learn, and that is teaching your dog to lie down. Oh, I can teach you how to lie down. No, not Stephen. me. Oh, no, not you? Not me. No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm lying down all the time. That's no drop, <laughs> Stephen, drop. 
<laughs> I'm doing that a lot too. Um, you should see me at about midnight on Friday night. Um, so yeah, I, for your dog, what that, I really want to teach yep. uh, my dog that. So what are the basics of teaching your dog to lie down on command? The first thing you should do, and I think you probably all know, is have a good relationship with your dog. Don't try and train your dog all of a sudden out of the blue, like it's been in the backyard for three years now and they bring it inside and teach it all sorts of tricks. It won't happen. Have that good relationship. And one of the best ways to get a good relationship, of course, when your dog's eating, gently pat the dog and just say, good dog, good dog, or very gentle, quiet voice, good dog. It starts forming the bond. The dog's eating and you're, you're forming this great bond with the dog. Uh, second way is when you're watching TV, have the dog lie next to you or just in front of you, just, again, patting it. Good of course, dog. of course. Okay, so get that relationship. And don't forget the old-fashioned thing, of course, taking your dog for a walk. The dog is now in a pack with you out on a walk. Now, the pack is going for the hunt. Never catches anything. That's fine. Dog doesn't mind. But that's also forming the bond. Once you've established that, teach your dog to sit. Now, everybody teaches their dogs to sit, so that's certainly very easy, but it's got to be reliable. You just say it once. I, I wonder whether people think their dogs are deaf sometimes. You know, they're teaching their dog to sit, and all I hear is, sit, 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 whoa, stop. You know, like after the second time, the dog's heard you, I'm sure. Sit and push, if you want, a little bit of food with the... Uh, follow the the food, the dog follows it, gets its nose on the food, you, you go up in the air with your hand, the head goes up and the backside goes down and you make the dog sit gently. Or you can, if you don't, don't need food, if you've got a really good relationship, just gently lift the head up, push the bottom down and put the dog in the sit position as you say sit. That's the first part. So you know the dog will reliably sit when you say sit. Then when you say drop or whatever command you want to use, down or whatever, you can gently, just from the elbows, just lift the elbows forward and make the dog lie down. As you do, you say, drop, good dog. Once it hits the bottom, good dog. Again, you can use food. Sit, and then the food goes down to the floor in your hand, keep holding on to that food all the way down to the floor, getting the dog to lie down, maybe a little bit forward, because you want him to be able to just lie down and get that food. Good dog. As he eats the food, don't forget to say, good dog. So just dry, dry dog food or, or a treat. Dry, or a treat of some kind, a little yeah. bit of cooked chicken is really good. Some of those dried treats are fabulous. Any of Anything the dog likes, but more than anything else, if you've got the relationship, you don't need the food. You just say drop and you, I just gently pull their um, legs forward a little bit and put a little bit of pressure just uh, on the top part of the shoulders so they just lie down and say, good dog, good dog sure then it can get up straight away it doesn't have to stay there it'll learn to stay there as you keep repeating the exercise why do you have to repeat the exercise because that's how dogs learn that's in fact how we learn and if you think about a guide dog it gets taught all these different commands but it repeats them all when it's doing its work with the uh, blind person that's assisting it's just repeating the words all the time they don't do it with food they just repeat those exercises on a day-to-day basis. A person's life depends on them getting it right, and they do get it right all the time. And there's always encouragement. Good dog. Well done. You got me home. Well done. That relationship between a guide dog and its handler, to me, is just oh, its just one of the most beautiful things. I have uh, some clients like that that have these dogs, and I just love 
assisting the dogs and the, and the people, but I love watching them do so much for their handlers. Beautiful. So, th- so they're the basics of the how to get it to lie down. The sit yep. first, then the then the and and then make them lie down, like by either pulling the legs forward or using food and repeating it over and over. And eventually, the dog could just say "drop" or whatever command you want to use. You can say "cabbage." It doesn't matter as long as you're consistent, mm. and as long as you use praise at the end of it. Always praise, reward at the end of it. That's all you need. And boy, and then you can get them to the stage where the dog might be running towards you, and you say "drop," and boom, the dog goes down like a sack of potatoes oh, there in front of you. And that could save a dog's life. Mm. I've seen that happen where a dog again is on the other side of the road yeah. and it's going to race towards you. Drop. And dog, boom, down it goes. I'm going to give that a crack this weekend. Now, as a reward to our dogs for being so good and, you know, maybe just having learned how to uh, lie down on command... um, It'd be nice to give them a doggy massage. We all love getting massages. Well, I think most people do. Um, but I wouldn't really know what what works for a dog. You know, what works for me or humans might not work for a dog. So what, what parts of a dog mm. do they like the most yep. being kind of rubbed? Is it the shoulders? Is it the flank? What well, is it? if you haven't ever done it, do it slowly. Massage muscle more than bone. Uh-huh. There's one place that a lot of dogs enjoy... A gentle rub, very gentle, would you believe, between the eyes. Just up and and down, just gently. Good dog. Always, never start a massage if the dog's excited. Wait till things are calm and just gently up and down between the eyes. Very gentle. And then, of course, the neck. The dogs love their muscles being massaged. Don't forget both forward and backwards going up the neck and also some circular motion good time to do this while to start massage if you've never done it before sitting watching tv with gentle patting of, of that neck area dogs love it they just love it uh, that circular motion can help and just working your way up and down that the muscles either side of the actual spine they just enjoy it later on you can get onto the legs and those sort of things but you can go all the way down the spine monitor your dogs while you do it look at their reactions are they enjoying it <laughs> I don't know a dog that I've never had a dog that doesn't, and always in in a peaceful time, you know, keeping quiet. It must be good for bonding. Oh, it? bonding, yeah. boosting the dog's immune system because you've got blood flowing through, mobilising arthritic joints because all that massage of the muscles does get the blood flowing and it helps blood go to it. When you are on the legs, also don't forget to massage upwards from the from the foot upwards yeah. all the way up because. You're massaging all those capillaries, you know, little tiny uh, blood vessels there that don't have a lot of blood pressure, and you, you're getting rid of a whole lot of stuff that's in there very often and pushing upwards. Massage towards the heart is one thing that I always tell people. Just gen- gentle motions all the time and getting firmer, looking at the dog because your dog will tell you, Yep, I love that. Or, oh, hang on, I'm, no, I'm going to walk away from there because I'm not enjoying that. So they'll let you know. Certainly with arthritic joints, you do see a big, big benefit in, in the dogs because you're just massaging all the... You know, an arthritic joint has inflammation. Inflammation is produced by lots of toxins. 
And so if you're getting rid of those toxins by massaging, you're helping your dog quite substantially. And yes, bonding, you're right, Stephen, the bonding that, that happens between humans and dogs when you massage is phenomenal. All right, thank you so much for listening to the Doggy Pod this week. New episodes, as you know, come out every Friday. Hey, and make sure you're following us if you're not already on Instagram and Facebook, particularly Instagram. We post a lot of stuff on there. It's always interesting. Um, And if you want to send us a little hello, send us an email to thedoggypod at gmail.com. Anyway, Rob, as always, likes to send us off into the wild blue yonder with some words of wisdom. Well, I do own both dogs and cats and birds and lots of other species as well. But, you know, a comparison between owners of dogs, they notice that if you provide your dog with food and water and shelter and affection, they think you are God. Whereas owners of cats are compelled to realise that if you provide them with food and water and shelter and affection, they draw a conclusion that they are the gods. So just a little comparison between the species. <laughs> Not that we're going to start an argument between cat owners and dog owners. <laughs> Never. Well, they'll fight like cats and dogs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.